0: Alright everyone, welcome back to FilmCraft Actually, you know what we should do, Latif? Since when I do solo episodes uh, like, and I don't have your editing powers I just mouth the intro You should do that now
1: (laughs) Actually, you know what's really funny? What's that? If you go back and listen to those episodes it's actually probably the funniest thing ever Um, because I put in the intro music (laughs) and and then you'll be saying, like, that, 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 And then, well, as you can tell, there's no intro music. But then you just did, like, the intro music. And then you sang over the intro music while it's playing. <laughs> and then you go into the episode. And it sounds really funny.
0: Oh, man. I got to listen to that. We got to leave this in this episode, also.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: All right, everyone. Welcome back to Filmcraft. Uh,. I'm Matt Ralston, and Latif is here with me as well. Say hi, Latif. Damn. What's up? (laughs) Latif's like the cool guy in the chair in the corner of the room in a party. I'm just like, hey, Latif. Just look over with like a nod and a leather jacket, and like, what's up? Uh, It
1: would would be shirtless in this era.
0: Yeah, shirtless with
1: many body tats
0: and like a a two and a half foot cigar.
1: what kind of person is this
0: he's badass that's who he is (laughs) so about a year maybe year and a half ago uh i guess that was when we were fairly new to the podcast we probably had i don't know 25 episodes out or whatever i got a message from a filmmaker and he's like hey man uh looking to shoot a feature wondering if i could ask you a couple questions like yeah Hmm. of course so he asked his questions and i gave him my opinion and then that was it. But then I saw that he had joined a Facebook group that I'm a part of and he just started asking questions in there too, which is, you know, totally cool. I think you should definitely learn what you can and then, you know, go shoot your movie. But ever since that first time he messaged me, he's been posting it about once, maybe twice a day, these really technical questions on this Facebook group. And I think, So I came to Latif and I told him the story and I said, I think it's really worth it to talk about how much research, how much prep, how much planning you do in for a script for a movie before you just say, Okay, it's time to shoot this thing. Because sometimes you can keep revising or keep planning the technical aspect, just going over your pre-production or your script so much that you just end up burning your time and you're not making any forward progress when really it's time. For you to just say, Alright, I don't have all the answers yet. But that's okay. And you go shoot it anyway. Uh so to start off,
1: Latif, what do you think You did mention he kept asking people like tips and, and technical questions? And eventually yeah. someone was like, just go make your damn movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, but also in a way kind of true. At, at some point you have to buck up and go make the movie. And I think there's a bit of like anxiety there, especially for anyone who's just making their first thing or who's going to make their first feature. There's fear and anxiety, and you want to make sure that you've gotten everything squared up and ready to go before you go and and do the big thing. But at some point, you do have to jump.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think, honestly, when I really step back and look at that, I think because I've been there, you've been there, 90% of the people that are listening to this I bet have been there you're set out to make your first thing and you want it to be awesome realistically I'm sure there's a little part in your head I know there was for me where it was like oh man you know what if we shoot this thing and it turns out to be like fucking awesome and it really catches on and it blows up and then you know if we get signed all these things it could be really good and I think that's obviously what people want right so I think why people will go over this planning stage or keep going over the script for a decade when really they should have shot it at year two or something along those lines is they're just afraid to fail, right? They're Mm. afraid that they're going to go out and shoot this thing. And then they're going to get to an editing room or they're going to finish editing and be like, Oh my God, I, what happened? Like I had such good intentions because no one goes into something. Well, 99% of people don't go into filmmaking saying, I'm going to make the worst movie you've ever seen, you know? So if your movie comes out and it's not what you want it to be, it's not a masterpiece that's really deflating. And I think people will sometimes just spin their wheels trying to avoid that as much as possible. And realistically, like, you can avoid it forever if you want by just never making anything. But if you go out there and make your short or your first feature or whatever it may be and it sucks and you fail that's you know there's nothing wrong with that because when you go to make your second thing it's going to be better and you're going to have learned it you'll learn so much more from making your first thing and failing than you will from prepping to make your first thing for 10 times that amount of time
1: i think there's there's definitely an importance to prepping like you have to make sure that you're ready to do it but depending on the personality type, you might be someone who overprepares or you just yeah. overplan and you want to make sure there's nothing that can go wrong. And then when something does go wrong, you might think I didn't prepare enough, but you probably overprepared in general. Anyways, I think you have to kind of be loose enough that you know that some things are not going to go as planned. But if they don't, you, you just have to figure out how to navigate around them. But I think over preparation for some people can be a vice. It can be a reason to procrastinate. It can be a reason to not do what you're doing because you just tell yourself you're not ready. I actually have a friend who over prepares and is, he over schedules and is too on the book when it comes to doing anything. And because of that, he has a hard time finishing or starting projects. He's always like in this practice mode. And then it takes another person to push him to make something or, or to try to finish a project. So it's like that problem that you need to overcome, but sometimes it's hard to do it without the help of someone else. But when you're in that mode for the first time, you can kind of be stuck in this loop and never actually finish the project or even start the project. So I think why, that's why it's kind of valuable to have like a producer Or, you know, another filmmaker working with you on your first project to kind of give you that push. Uh, Otherwise, you'll never actually get to the start line.
0: I think that you actually bring up a really interesting point there. For the majority of people, if you bring someone onto a project, whether it's producers or actors or whoever it may be, you're going to feel a social responsibility to them to make it. So if, say, I bring, like when Latif and I first met, if I had brought Latif on, I was like I want to make this movie and he's like yeah sure let's do it and then I just spun my wheels for a year or 18 months. What would your reaction have been?
1: <laughs> Part ways and and, and <laughs> not be as invested because I wouldn't know if you were serious or not because you know that that happens all, actually that happens all the time where someone's got an idea or a mm-hmm. project and they come to you but then nothing happens for like 6 months and then it becomes 12 months. And then it becomes two years and you're kind of like, it's probably not going to happen.
0: Yeah. And it, like if you honestly, it might be a better idea if you've never made anything to bring people on board that are your friends. Because then if you, you get to a point where you're spinning your wheels, you're gonna be like, I can't let these people down. And since they're your friends, there'll be that extra layer of like, I really have to do this. Where if it's just a random person, you could be like, oh, you know, it's not ready. I'm sure he's going to be pissed off that I brought him on board, but I don't really know him. So I don't care that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, bringing on people, that's actually a really, really interesting thought. bringing on people to act as a form of self motivation is actually a really good idea, I would think.
1: Yeah, because they hold you accountable. Because when I made Crazy for You, it, it's kind of embarrassing because it, it took me almost three years, two years, from initial idea to actually it happening. Actually, I in don't know fairness. if it was that long. But,
0: yeah. In all fairness, we made a feature in those three years as well.
1: <laughs> right, I, I was doing other work as well, but... Um, It wasn't until I had a producer on and I told him I want to make this over the summer. And then I got actors involved and having people to hold me accountable because I took their time and then now I've made a schedule and I've made them like book time off. It's almost a a tool that you can use to hold yourself accountable and actually take the steps to go into production because. If you're always like in thinking mode, you'll, you'll never actually get anything accomplished. But, you know, say you schedule a table read. That's not like a shoot, but it's getting you closer to that moment where you know you're, you're going to have to start making something. So if you schedule a table read and you schedule, um, a rehearsal with actors and then you schedule like a text shoot with a cameraman, all those are kind of like, associated with filmmaking but they're not the actual thing but then they're getting you closer to that point where you're going to have to do it because when those things happen everyone on the crew and everyone involved knows that production is imminent all the things that happen around it are happening so start scheduling those like important things that you have to do before you shoot and then once all that is done you know it's time you won't have to like prepare anymore because you've done all the steps because if you don't like take the the time to do all these things then you'll, you'll probably never feel ready anyway so i think it's essential to kind of like make a list of all the pre-production meetings and important like milestones you have to hit and use that as like a list that you can knock out and once you're at the bottom of that list it should say shoot film <laughs>
0: <laughs> interesting thought i just had as you said that is the whole idea of this conversation is when do you stop planning? When do you know the maximum amount that you could know through planning before you need to jump into the next stage of doing where you will learn even more and where you said table read or like tech shoot or something I think those are things that can actually help you get over this hump of I need to learn more before I shoot I'm not ready yet because if you are working on your script and you schedule a table read I would be willing to bet that you'll learn more about your script from that table read than you could learn from your script by sitting alone and working on it for four weeks. Because when you have – especially if you have actors that you've cast to be those characters in your script, when you hear it come out of their mouths and all the dialogue and even when you hear whoever's narrating say your action lines – you will learn so much about the character's voice. Like maybe you'll say um, Barbara in this scene, she has this big, long monologue, but hearing it, how this actress says says the words and how she's doing the character, she's almost feels like a character that wouldn't talk that much. So you trim back on that and down to description, when your narrator is saying, you know, Joe walks into the room, he picks up the box, lights it on fire and shoots Ted. You'd be like, that's really robotic or the pacing of it feels off compared to how i see it in my head and you'll rewrite it that way so you'll learn more from this table read than i think you would just sitting down and trying to make it better on your own and same with the technical aspects how latif mentioned a tech shoot like if you're thinking in your head, oh, do I shoot this at 24 frames a second? Do I shoot it at 30? Do I shoot it on a wide lens, shoot it on a short lens? And you're mulling over these things forever and forever. All those questions can be answered in one day. If you just call your cinematographer and say, hey, man, uh, I don't know if I want to shoot this 24 frames a second or 30. I don't know what lens I want to use. Bring all your shit, get the one actor and just shoot a bunch of test footage and see what it looks like cut it together it's going to be rough it's going to be very very rough but all these questions that were question marks in your head will slowly start turning into answers
1: so i had to do that with my actors uh so i got the camera we went out to a park and then we filmed this thing and it was kind of useful for me but it was useful for the actors as well because they start to get into that mode of like now we're doing it now we're doing something you know we're getting on our feet we're playing out these these scenarios. And then I also had to do like a stunt, actual stunt rehearsal with the actors and the stunt coordinator. And that was like time scheduled into actually like executing something. And we needed to work out the sequence of a stunt. And it was really important to make sure I got it exactly the way I wanted to. And I had a lot of conversations with the stunt coordinator and with the actors because I wanted it to look... Natural, kind of messy and realistic. But when we first started doing the stunt, it looked like it was from like a fight scene or something. It looked really choreographed. (laughs) It was the exact opposite of what I wanted. So we took about half an hour to 45 minutes, just like working through every single thing until we got it. But by the end of it, we could actually do the stunt in a way that looked believable and it felt really nice. It felt like it worked. And then by the end of that meeting, I was like, okay, I feel good about this. Now we can go forward and, and shoot that scene without having to worry about this whole stunt thing. But if I just thought about it and just sat there, it wouldn't have accomplished anything. So I think it's you know, paramount to actually go out, collect people and, and start doing the things that are necessary to build you towards the production.
0: So I got a question for you re- regarding that. Um, I'd like to talk to you. you to talk on two aspects of this. From the start of that to the end of that, how do you think the general mentality and momentum shifted for you being, you know, the director and you're shooting it yourself and then for everyone involved with it?
1: I think it's tricky. Yeah, I mean, especially for me, because I'm doing so much on set because I was directing and I was also doing all the camera stuff and I'm working with the actors. Um, I'm picking locations and costumes and all that shit by myself. Cause, you know, this is super, super low budget, very skeleton crew, very much like, this is my idea and we're, we're all gonna run around the city and try to make this happen. So for the crew and for the actors, I'm sure a lot of them were like, you know, we're gonna play this game, but we don't know how this is gonna turn out. Because some of them had, had never worked with me to this capacity. So, you know, they didn't know what to expect. I'm sure a lot of it seemed kind of like, really this is what we're gonna do but you know for the people who had worked with me there was a amount of trust they're like "Well, oh, we've worked with you before we know you're kind of a maniac and you're gonna want to do a bunch of shit by yourself so they just they're cool they were on board with it i remember it, it just took time from the beginning of like the meetings and all that to the first day of production. And it was just about talking to each person on the crew and just telling them what, what was important to me. So in terms of like getting the production to a place where it felt like it was really going down, I was talking to the sound guy and saying, you know, we've got this many actors and there's like the sequence with stunts. And, you know, for me, it's really important to get all the natural sound. I'm not like an ADR kind of guy. I don't like to do a lot of re-recording of, of dialogue and stuff, although... I do like to mess around with sound in post, but it was important to me to get that across to the sound guy. I want to get all the dialogue and the talking very clear and natural on set without being intrusive. And we had that conversation. Then I talked to the stunt person and said, this is what I need from you. And this is what I want to accomplish. And, and the same thing with the makeup arts. We had these kind of discussions too, because there was some makeup involvement that was required for this film. So, After all these conversations and they knew what they needed to do, I could just focus on like executing the vision of the film. But if I hadn't had those conversations with those people and that, you know, that comes with being prepared. You have to be prepared, but there are people out there to help you on the crew. Like I talked to each person and let them know what I needed from them. And I didn't like encroach on their space. I just kind of like told them what I needed got an idea of what they thought was appropriate and then let them do what they needed to do. And then I could just focus on shooting.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that actually brings up an interesting point too. So if you're mulling over your movie concept, get a hold of someone that you can physically talk to and say, okay, here's the idea. I- ideally this works best. If you have like, if it was me and Latif, I'd go to Latif cause I'm like, you're going to shoot this. How do we do this? And I'm like, how do we shoot this car scene with this car chase? And Latif's like, well, if you want to do it this, this, and this way, we're going to need to put these mounts on cars. We're going to need camera mounts. We're going to need these lights. We're going to need all this stuff. And you can say, okay, I've got $4,000. And then Latif can say, then we're not doing this. <laughs> and you could say, okay, what's plan B? And you can adjust your vision based off that. And I know that kind of sounds similar to like going to a facebook group and saying oh how would you guys do this but when you really sit in the same room or even just get on a phone call with someone to that degree and they tell you look man for four thousand bucks this isn't going to go down like that then that can really inform you and you can either say at that point you have two options can i refine this to a point where we can do it or do i scrap this and think of a different sequence that can have the same impact in the story
1: yeah i mean i've I feel like i've I've seen some both sides of this kind of problem where you're just like not ready, but then I've also seen like the filmmaker who's got no idea what they're doing, but they just want to get the camera up and rolling. Mm-hmm. One side is never gonna get to production because they're just too afraid to to go for it, and then one side is just way too eager to shoot, but they've got nothing ready to go. Like they've got no idea how they're going to make the film.
0: Yeah. So the the kind of experiment that I think would be interesting to do is on this podcast, which will be a little bit more difficult because we're strict audio, but to try and find where the middle ground of that is. What would you say is the middle ground of this, Latif? How much should you theoretically prepare?
1: A lot of the times we make films are for personal reasons or or because we want to get an idea out of our heads get it out there. But when you're not really sure why you're making the film, that could be a big kind of reason to hold off and and really ask yourself like what the purpose is. So when you shoot something, you know, like you can just go to a bench and shoot two people talking. Um, If you're that kind of a filmmaker, you might have, you might feel more comfortable working that way, but you know, that, that depends on the story and the reason you're making the film. Like I've actually gone and shot two people sitting and talking and then a bunch of other stuff that I just wanted to shoot randomly. And I put it together and made a film and I really enjoyed that experience. But you know, for crazy for you, it was the opposite end where everything was written, a location scouted, I got crew and everything was on very by the book and properly to an extent. Uh, and i don't think you should rush into something just because you feel like you're not doing anything that's for sure you should you definitely should know why you're making the film
0: yeah i agree i think there's really two ways to kind of dissect this and i think that's the probably the, no definitely the biggest thing this is when you're making movies it's a story in one way or another even filmmakers that go for abstract um artistic movies where you might watch it and be like, oh, what does that mean? They're still making it because they they want to know if they can get that reaction from you. So when I say don't just go film two people on a bench, it can work. Like if you're saying we're making a love story, um, I don't quite know the dialogue yet, but you're going to sit on this bench and you're going to break up with each other. And you just improv it because that's your process. That can work. When do you know technically that you're ready to shoot it? So say, you know, you've got your, you have a script, you you know why you want to tell it. Maybe you're not at that final draft, but you're getting towards there and you're starting to prep on the technical level. You're bringing crew in, you're bringing cast in, you're making choices about um, production design and lighting and shit like that. When you're at that point and you're designing the film from a technical level, how do you know when you're ready to shoot other than you just reach your filming date?
1: You know, say there's like something crucial know you're doing like a something with like pyro techniques in your film or an explosion but then you've got no experience with that you've got no crew you've just got like your uncle who has like a you know a flamethrower that's not going to be enough (laughs) you you need to have someone who knows how to handle that kind of stuff even if you have no idea how to do it or you know even if it's as simple as like you want to do like a long tracking dolly shot very smooth or, or maybe like a steady cam kind of shot where you're chasing someone and you want to do that for a scene and it's crucial it's part of your vision but then your cinematographer has none of that equipment um, your camera operator doesn't have any of that equipment and you don't have any of that equipment and then that scene is like two days away how do you have that conversation and, and say to your cinematographer so you know that that scene there that's supposed to be like a smooth tracking shot behind this guy as, as we run after him and the, the DP is gonna say what are you talking about we never talked about this that's a problem like these are the conversations you want to have before so truly really about like looking at your script and looking at anything that stands out that could potentially be a point of confusion or a problem is it something that someone else other than you needs to know you know if it's a dialogue scene and one line is supposed to feel like it's piercing to the other character. That could just be something you need to know, or maybe something you have to talk to the actor on the day. But if it's, a, if it's something like the camera must float outside of the car and around the back to the trunk, that's something you have to talk to with probably most of your crew about, because that's pretty complicated. So if you've written all these things into a script, but you haven't actually looked at how you're going to execute them, that's a problem. So I think even at at that level, it's just about like reading the script and circling anything that that is not easily accomplished. Anything that requires more than like four dedicated crew members to really like pull off. Those are things you need to really look at because, I, you know, I had those problems where, you know, we're doing shots of like a van driving down the street. How am I going to film that in a smooth manner? I need another car. I need a driver. I need my camera rigged up. And i got to get someone driving the van. we got to follow it through these neighborhoods. And we have to be talking um, on the phone and talking about where to turn and all this kind of stuff. It's pretty complicated, even for a somewhat simple shot. But I had to like plan all these things way ahead of time. So I had to actually do rehearsals and stuff and find the locations and find the routes. But I did this before we went to picture. So I knew what we were supposed to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when... I think when people find themselves in this situation of spinning their wheels, the idea of crewing up is a really good thing because as long as you bring on someone that is good and cares about the project, when you have these questions, you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to film this. That cinematographer is going to come to you and say, how is this movie going to look? That'll inform the way he lights it. And then you'll have a whole bunch of conversations about, you know, the lighting, whether it's beautiful, whether it's creepy, do you want to be close to your subject? Do you want to be far from it? And if something like a van driving down the street is happening, he's going to ask, okay, how do you want to film this? So all these things where you're saying, I don't really know what I'm, how I'm going to do this, right? By bringing in these people that are cinematographer, sound guy or whatnot, they're going to have questions for you and ideas for you that'll help turn those question marks into answers. And if you have something in your mind where you're like, I got a really specific way I'd like to do this, they're going to ask you about that too. And then you're going to have a huge back and forth that will arrive on how you're going to do it technically. So I think when people get caught in the cycle, like this guy that keeps asking all these technical questions on Facebook by just going out and crewing and finding him the right the crew that's right for him, they're going to ask him these, the questions that will lead to the answers he doesn't have. And it sounds like a strange concept, but it really, really, really works.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, you don't have to have all the answers as well because sometimes there are things that are better left, just not known until you're there, you know, like what angle is this going to be at or, you know, how high do you want the camera to be? Like, I don't shot list, for example, or I don't storyboard. Uh, I kind of, like, see, see it in my head already. And because I'm shooting, I, I know where to put the camera. But I've never written a shot list or a storyboard down for myself when I shoot something. I just kind of get, like, a feeling when I'm there of, like, what's the right thing to do? But, you know, that might be a tool for some people. But for me, it's better left just... I'll figure it out when I'm there, when I see it, when it's all in front of me. It's a better way for me to kind of visually put the puzzle together. But not everything needs to be known. I think some things are better left just as they are, so you can figure it out as as you're going. Part of the fun of making a film is that like element of surprise, like the things you don't expect to happen. That could be a little scary to some people, but there's something kind of
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing that we haven't even brought up yet, too, is say you're in this camp where you just plan the shit out of everything. And, you know, arguably there's nothing wrong with that. But the thing is, when you're on set, stuff goes wrong all the time. Like, I even remember when we were shooting What We Don't Say, we scouted every location. And for the main character's apartment, which is a pretty... That might be the location where we spend the most time in the movie. We went in there, we scattered it. We're like, yeah, looks good. And we got in there to shoot on the day. And I remember Latif turned to me because he was walking around for a little bit. And I was like, oh, Latif's thinking something. I was like, what's up, man? And you're like, it's a lot smaller than I remember it. <laughs> so then, you know, we had to completely adapt to that. So if you had had everything 100% locked down you're like i have every answer for everything and then you get to set and something's gone differently or gone wrong you have to adapt to that and if you have everything down to the letter you know how you're gonna do it it might really freak you out when something goes wrong and i trust trust me things will go wrong (laughs) they will (laughs) yeah i mean plus
1: you're working with like the most unorthodox people on set which are the, the actors they're gonna change their blocking they're gonna you know, slightly bend this way. They're going to move one hand this way. And if they don't do it exactly the way you want it, you can't necessarily uh, expect them to, to read your mind and move and talk exactly the way that you, you feel they should. They're going to want to do things that, that they think work. And they're going to want to experiment and change their blocking and add, add things that, that you never even thought of. So you've got to be open to letting them do that as well. I think even when it comes to blocking, I do like to talk to actors about, you know, where to start and where they need to kind of end up around. But it's never like a hard, this is your first mark and this is your second mark, because they do need a little bit of, you know, place to play. And that has to be incorporated into your your game plan as well.
0: On the note of shot list, it's really interesting because when you look at what we don't say, I shot listed that entire movie in pre-production. And then when we got on set, I didn't look at the s- shot list once. Not <laughs> once. It was an interesting experiment because it kind of more or less tattooed the shot list in my brain. So when we got to set, it was like, oh, I'd like to get this, this, and this. But then if there were other things that presented themselves on set, like you're walking around, you're like, this angle would be killer. Or like when we went to shoot in the furniture store and the thing flooded, so we had to get a new one last minute. Like we walked into that furniture store. We looked at each other. We said, we have an hour to get this entire sequence. And then we just did one loop of the furniture store. It's like, okay, here's where we're shooting. We've never seen any of this before. Here's where we're shooting. Let's shoot it like this. All right. What do you think? We agree. Let's go.
1: There's definitely like something to the practice of making the shot list because it it does like make you feel a little more confident about going into it because you've somewhat thought about it and some things will stick but uh you know like a lot of people do have the experience that you just described where they've done the shot list but then once they shoot they just forget about it completely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh so I'd like to do just a little bit of a, a hypothetical experiment because you are a extremely talented cinematographer. So I want to do the hypothetical of this guy that's on Facebook asking these billions of questions. He mm-hmm. hires you and just say, you take it because I think knowing you, if I was to say, if someone got a hold of you and said, Hey, I've been planning this for a year and a half. I've posted all these questions to Facebook. I think Latif would be like, uh, do I want to work with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> but hypothetical. This guy comes up to you. You agree to take on the project. How do you help alleviate those technical concerns this guy has?
1: I think definitely having like a sit down and then and then doing – actually not, not that different from like a couple episodes ago when we talked about like pitching your vision to someone. Um, I'd have that conversation with them and, and ask them like what this movie is supposed to look like. And what the tone is and and colors and stuff that they see. What is it supposed to feel like? And then I'd ask for references and we'd talk about shot list and lenses. And then once I got an idea of what he liked and what he wanted, I could confidently say to him, okay, cool, I I kind of know what you're looking for. And then I'd throw in, like, do you shot list? Do you not shot list? I think at that point the cinematographer is... Adapting to how the director likes to work and figuring out what they, what they do as a process to getting to, to picture. So it's it's really just have, asking all the right questions and then telling them like how I like to work. Whatever things like you think they need to know about you, but it, it is still a collaboration. You have to kind of learn how to work with each other. So having that conversation and then if there's any like anything specific in the script that sounds complicated you have to have those conversations ahead of time and talk about like what is your vision for this like what do you see but you know that one meeting is gonna isn't gonna solidify it it has to be a process it's got to be ongoing and the closer you get to picture the more clear things get and sometimes the more more you guys both agree that maybe this isn't as important we should focus more on this or Or you might have a disagreement about something. So these are all things that need to be a process as as opposed to like a one-time thing you do.
0: So I'd like to do one thing. The thing that you mentioned, the single word that I think defines all of this is collaboration. And I think that's where people get tripped up when they're in their first project and they're pre-bringing people on. I think some people sit back and like, well, if I'm going to bring... On people, if I'm gonna make this, I need to know how I'm gonna shoot it. Like when a cinematographer comes on board, I need to be able to say, uh, let's do 24 frames per second. This is how I wanna light it. This is what kind of camera I wanna shoot on. And you need to have these things where you bring it to them, it's like a completed thought. But really, because it's collaborative, you go and you just have these conversations. And as long as you have an idea in your head and you can kind of describe it, they will come in with their technical experience because they know what they're doing. And they'll fill in the blanks when you don't have it. And if there's ever something where your cinematographer's like, oh, we talked about X, Y, and Z, but in scene 30, that one's a little bit different. And he hasn't really talked about that. They'll come to you and ask you about it. So I want to toss another hypothetical your way, Latif. What if this person figured out everything out like all these technical questions they're asking on facebook worked and they were they came to you they're like hey i'm filming this movie are you interested and you're like yeah sure let's talk about it and they just started going they're like we're going to shoot it at 31 frames per second we're going to use a red camera here's how we're going to light it how would you take that as a cinematographer
1: i guess it depends because (laughs) you have to take (laughs) that with a little bit of hesitation because like say it's a first time filmmaker and they've read everything and then they've like scoured every forum and they went through Reddit and Facebook and and Craigslist to get all the information that they needed and they found all the information. But if they've never shot a film, there's going to still be problems. There's going to be unforeseen issues and there's going to be times when they can't do the thing that they've written down and that's when you as an experienced filmmaker have to tell them, listen, we don't have the red camera. (laughs) We're we're shooting on this Canon, but we can still accomplish a look. Um, So, you know, this person might have like written everything down, but until you actually do it, you won't really know how it's going to turn out. So, you know, you've got to take that with some, some caution. I think there is that, like, I've read everything about, the thing but i've never done it before that's that's a problem because some things will pop up that you just can't like foresee you've got to approach it with some humbleness and and a little bit of trust in the people who've been through it before because like you know production is definitely a war zone you're really you're really tested and you're put through it and every single person seems like your enemy but in reality they're they're all your collaborators and the more you go through it, the more you realize that. So if you're, if you're it's your first film, when someone questions something or has a question about anything in general, or is maybe a little like, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that, you're going to see them as like this enemy, as opposed to someone who's got a different opinion or someone who's trying to help you. So if it's your first film, that's going to be on like level 10. <laughs> Everyone is going to seem like the worst person. But when you've made a film before, you're actually able to look at it differently. So... It, you know, if I came up to some guy and he'd read everything about filmmaking and had read every book and scoured every forum and he had like this list of like exactly what I should do, I'd say, listen, man, I know you've done a lot of research, but you've got to understand that I can't work based on your list. There's a lot of things in here that are good that I think I agree with, but we've got to have some flexibility. Uh it, It's like, you know, it's like the example of the director who's sitting over the shoulder of the editor and the editor's opinions are not important. The director just kind of like tells him what he wants and the editor is just kind of hitting the keys based on what the director is saying. That's not really a collaboration. It's just the director doesn't know what the keyboard shortcuts are. So he tells the editor to do them. Um, so with the cinematographer, it's that would be a similar situation, but I've actually never bumped into something that extreme because cinematography is, is so technically broad and complicated uh, that I think like it would be rare to find someone who just read up that much about um, the technical aspect of it. But, you know, there, there are people out there who'd be like, we got to shoot on this camera and all this stuff just because of the Reddit, as opposed to like they've actually like had experiences with this kind of stuff. So, you know, approach those those conversations carefully. I wouldn't jump into a project where the director seems a little too bent on the technical as opposed to like what they're actually supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, I think anytime if someone approaches you for a project, whether it's, you know, a director approaching a cinematographer or even an actor auditioning for a director, mm-hmm. if you walk in and you're like, "I have everything figured out, you don't have to worry about anything, then that cinematographer is probably going to be like, ah, this seems like he's going to be difficult. In the same way where if I was auditioning an actor and they came in like, I know exactly how I'm going to do this. I'd be like, oh, he's going to be hard to direct. He's not going to take direction well. (laughs) So just by the nature of the medium, being open to that collaboration and not having every single answer is actually kind of to your benefit. yeah
1: i mean it it shows that you're you're open to to change and that you're willing to kind of play with what what shows up but if everything is like locked down to a t it's a little scary because you know even when i showed up for crazy for you uh, i was talking to my producer and he was like listen man it looks like you've got everything kind of like locked down i was like well, I've got, like, things planned out that I can control. There's a lot of shit that I can't do. <laughs> and I told them, like, the problems that I could see happening and, and what I couldn't figure out. And then that's when he's like, okay, I can help you with these things. And it was just as simple as that. But I, I think, like, you've got to be careful and you can't show up saying, like, I've got all the answers because you just don't. There's things that you just haven't covered. And that's the thing that I think anyone listening to this who is an over-preparer needs to, like cement into their mind you can't figure it all out ever
0: but why not i want to
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's a great
0: answer (laughs) (laughs) all right well yeah i think we we tackled a lot of really valuable information on this one do you have any final thoughts before we wrap it up I,
1: I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to, because I, I don't have that mindset. I've never been like, like an over-preparer. Like I do like to make sure things are, are somewhat teed up before you go make a project. But, you know, even with every kind of art form that I've been involved with, I think it's crucial to know the basics. And that's about the most important thing to know, like the the basic things that are required to do something. But then from there, you're you're able to kind of play around. So, you know, know what a director is supposed to do, know what a cinematographer is supposed to do, and know how these collaborations are supposed to work. And if you know, like, you know, where an actor is supposed to look, you understand eye lines, you understand editing and pacing, these little simple, basic things, then you'll be okay. I think you'll be able to make, like, a decent film, even if it's not, like, a masterpiece. Your first... Short film may be a good film, but not like the best film. But that's okay, because you're, you're building towards that better film every time you make one. But if you know the basics, then you'll be okay. You don't have to be an expert in every single thing.
0: You know what this episode's been? Mm-hmm. It's been, you'll say something, I'll go, yep, totally agree. And then I'll say something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's what the last 97 episodes have been.
0: What are you you trying to say that I always agree with you, (laughs) Latif?
1: Actually, that's not true. There's plenty of examples of where we have different, or we give different opinions or different sides to something. I don't think we always are on the same page.
0: Yes, definitely agree. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) All right. Well, yeah. Until next week, this has been Filmcraft. I am Matt Ralston. And I'm teeth. And this is brought to you by Podcast Daddy Acasts.
1: Business Daddy
0: Business Daddy It's been upgraded Mmm Cool well, Until next week